It is really great to be back on Search the Scriptures today, to be here with all of our listeners, to open up God's Word and study all the rich truths and teachings, the assurances and the promises that are contained therein. What a blessing to have the Bible. And we hope that you are taking seriously this time on Search the Scriptures, and we hope and we pray that you are coming to realize that you're actually learning the Bible by studying with us each day on this radio program. We strive to bring God the glory by teaching his word accurately and effectively on a daily basis. We want to remind our listeners that you can always receive a copy of today's program or any of the programs and search the scriptures for free. We will put them on CD, send them to you. You won't have to pay any postage. We'll take care of that. All you have to do is contact us and ask for them. We'll give you the information how to do that at the end of the program today. Good to be here today to study from the Bible along with Dwayne Kennedy. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be on the program again with you. And, you know, I was just thinking about our listeners and how much they attend to our program. And some of them even attend our services, Bible classes and worship services. And we are always encouraged in the ways that you study with us and fellowship and worship with us. Keep doing it. And it's also good to be on the program with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Duane and Gary. I'm certainly privileged to be part of the program with you today as well. And, you know, as I, I listen to both of you speaking about what joys and what richness we can receive in our own lives when we study God's Word and really do it seriously, try to incorporate those things in it, I was reminded of something that we read in Psalm 1. And the author there is talking about what he considers to be a blessed man. And in verse 2 of Psalm 1, he said of this particular blessed man, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now, what a, a wonderful description that is of an individual who's hungering, who's searching, who's seeking for a greater knowledge of God's Word so that that can be incorporated into that individual's life and make them better prepared for the eternity that awaits. Also in that first psalm, it talks about the man who lives in God's Word as being like a tree planted by streams of water. And the idea is that tree is continually gaining the nutrition and the sustenance that comes from that water. Mm -hmm. And so it's healthy and strong. Exactly. Yes. It stands. Mm -hmm. Tapped into an endless supply yes. of blessing. Mm -hmm. It's described in such a way that tells us its leaf nev never withers. And, you know, people are often rather forlorn, perplexed, wondering how they're going to stand against the rigors of this life. Mm -hmm. And that psalm tells us. It does. Live in and by God's word. Amen. Yes. It'll sustain you. It will sustain you. Well, fellas, we are in a fourth section of this study talking about the reality of death and trying to emphasize that we need to be ready for that time. We've looked at it from the standpoint of a person who knows he's not ready. 
He's never become a New Testament Christian. He's never surrendered to his Lord in baptism for the remission of his sins. He's never taken upon him rightly the name Christian. We've also looked at it from the standpoint of the individual who did that, but then turned back into the muck and the mire and the depravity of sin. Mm -hmm. Turned away from God again, and then came to realize he only had 24 hours to live and he wasn't ready. Right. Mm -hmm. In both of those cases, the individual comes to realize, I've only got a day left and I'm not ready. I'm not ready, not just emotionally, I'm not ready spiritually. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to face my Lord on that final day of judgment. I'm not ready to have to give account of my life before God. And so they would be scrambling at that point, trying to find someone who could help them understand what they could do during that last 24 hours of their lives to get ready. Now, the third scenario was the individual who had gotten his life ready, but he knew of somebody, maybe a number of somebodies, who in reality he realized were not ready to die. They were not ready for eternity. They were not ready for the final judgment. And he had been meaning to talk with them, but he had not quite gotten to it yet. And then he finds out his life is almost over. And we talked about how very possibly, if not likely, he would want to spend some of that last 24 hours, some of that last precious day of physical life trying to get through to them you need to get ready. Look at what's happening to me. You need to be ready. Right. Now, as you said, Dennis, all of us reach that point where we cross, cross that threshold mm -hmm. of the last 24 hours. We do. But very few of us know when we reach that point. That's right. right. Now, a number of people, because they get older in life, or perhaps they have been stricken with some uh, dreadful illness and they're getting worse and worse, many people come to the point where they realize their time is short. Oh, yes. But very few come to the point where they know this is my last day mm -hmm. on this earth. Right. But for every one of us, unless the Lord comes again first, that day is going to come. Yes, it will. Right. Now, if we knew when it came, we'd act in some very purposeful ways. Yes, we would. But because we don't know when it's going to come, we need to live very purposeful lives every day. Every day. Mm -hmm. So we can be ready when that day does come. Yes. Now, in this last section, we have asked the question, what does the person who is ready to meet the Lord, what's that last day going to be like? What can he look forward to? He's become a Christian. He's been baptized into Christ for the remission of his sins, and he's lived a faithful life before his Lord and his God. What, for, what about him? Yes. What can he look forward to as he enters into that last day of physical life? Let's go back to Revelation chapter 7. We looked at this as we closed our program, our last program, and let's read this again. Revelation chapter 7, verses 16 and 17. Do you have that, Dwayne? 
They shall neither hunger any more, nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living mountains of waters, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now we spent a little bit of time at the end of the program last time talking about these two verses. And it's talking about those now who are in heaven with God for eternity. They're saved in the ultimate reality of the sense. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. As we pointed out, hunger and thirst is a reality of this life for a lot of people, isn't it? Yes, sure is. Especially the hunger part, because part of the reality of this world is continual famines Mm -hmm. and droughts and the pestilence that naturally goes therewith. But in heaven, none of that. No hunger, no thirst. But even besides that, even the sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. So, I guess that means, fellas, we're not going to get sunburned in heaven, right? (laughs) I hope that's what it means. (laughs) I've been sunburned many times, and, and that would be wonderful if you didn't have to worry about that, didn't have to be concerned about it. But I think the discomfort, you know, of of that even, the idea of the sun beating down on a person and perhaps beating them down and draining out their physical life if they were in the right circumstance, don't have to worry about that. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them. What, what's being talked about by the lamb there? The Lord, Jesus. Yeah, going to be right there. And notice that it says, he shall shepherd them. That's right. Think about that. Right there in our presence. His personal care right. and guidance right there with us and lead them to fountains, to living fountains of waters, fountains that will never run dry, (laughs) fountains that we don't have to worry about being contaminated. Right. (laughs) And look at that last part. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. No more sorrow. No sorrow. No more weeping. No more of those pains apparently. Or life's hurts. Yes. Now, is that amazing? That's, that's, that's hard to really contemplate. You know, I've told the story a number of times over the years. Many, many years ago, I was preaching for a congregation in another state. And the Bible class teacher for this uh, this young age group, I seems like it was probably around six or seven or eight or something like that, the age group. And the Bible class teacher was teaching the lesson that particular Sunday morning, I believe. And she asked the, cl- the class, what do you think, and I believe she asked the question, what do you think heaven will be like? Well, you can imagine the fertile imaginations of those six, seven, eight-year-olds or around that age. One little girl, when she came to her, she said, no more pain. Now, she wasn't just reciting something that she had read out of the Bible or had mama tell her, but the little girl was dying of leukemia. Hmm. Pain was a reality in her life. 
Perhaps she had already suffered some of the tears that went along with that pain. It would not be long till she'd be dead physically from that day. No more pain. She could relate to that Mm -hmm. in a sense that probably most of us would find hard. Right. Even though she was such a young little girl. But that's what's waiting, that reality for everybody who will be there with God in heaven, who have lived their lives ready so that when they cross that threshold of their last 24 hours in this world, they can look forward to no more pain, no more sorrow, no more thirst, no more hunger. Well, let's look at Revelation 21 and verse 4 along this same line. Dennis, do you have that? And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. You wipe away every tear from their eyes. And then we see that a lot of the reasons for tears are going to be eliminated. I wonder what that will be like, Dennis. A reality with no, no death. No sorrow even, mm-hmm. no crying, no pain. Yeah, again, that's hard for us to get our heads wrapped around, Gary, because of what we experience in these physical bodies. You know, everything we've known is really against that. Yeah. It goes the other opposite direction. Of it. Yes. Yeah, the opposite of it. And uh, because of that, it is hard for us to imagine that. You know, and uh, and maybe that's that's why, and the exact verse escapes me, but I believe Paul speaks about the fact that in heaven we have waiting for us things that eye has not beheld and ear has not heard. I like to see those things. Yes. Because from our earliest life or our earliest memories up until now, and surely as long as we live, We've known sorrow and mm-hmm. pain and suffering. Sickness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People we've cared about have died. Yes. Tragedy. Mm-hmm. And we hold our heads up and we are encouraged by the word of God and our fellowship. But those things are still our reality. In this world. Yes. But see, for the faithful Christian, Dwayne, and that's what... John, in writing the Revelation here, writing by inspiration from God, he's trying to get across. For the faithful Christian, you can look forward to the time when these things will be no more. Amen. You'll be in a place where these things will not have a reality. They will not be part of the scene there. And there's that stark difference again between this world and heaven. Right. Amen. Man, we can look forward to such a much more wonderful place and life. Hmm. Yeah, I'm reminded, Gary, of uh, something Paul said in his second letter to Timothy that I think ties in with what we're talking about here. And we see the contrast between the physical and the spiritual in 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning with verse 6. Paul said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. 
And there we have that physical reality. You know, Paul had suffered. Paul had endured a lot of hardship, a lot of agony in his ministry, uh, you know, trying to teach others about Christ. And he realized, you know, I, I don't know if this was his last 24 hours, but he realized, I believe in what he's saying here, that the time of his physical death was near. And then he goes on in verse 7, and the confidence here is just such a stark contrast. He said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And every faithful Christian should be able to say that very thing as they approach their physical death. That's right. And then verse 8 is just wonderful. Finally, he said, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And that last verse, verse 8, starting with, Finally, you know, the idea of this is, this is the last thing. One more thing left, and this is it. This, this reward that the righteous judge is going to give to me, and he's confident of it. I said, I'm not, he's not saying, I hope I'm going to get this, mm-hmm. or I think I'm going to get this. It's, it's going to happen. God mm-hmm. has promised it. Yeah, and, and I think also there's probably the sense there in what he says that I've been looking forward to this. Oh, yes. I've been living for this. Absolutely. And even though he was in, you know, not a good place at that particular time, he was in jail in Rome and probably was going to be executed. He says, ah, but what I've been looking forward to, what I've been expecting, what I've been assured of, ah, it's finally going to become reality. Yes. He's going to put off that physical He's going to put on the spiritual, and he's going to that place where there is no more sorrow or pain or tears or death. No more policemen. <laughs> that either. <laughs> no more judges. Yeah. No more jails because no more sin. Right. Yes. And those things are products of the reality of sin mm-hmm. in the existence of humankind. No more hospitals because no more sickness, no more pain, no more death. Now, again, difficult for us, as you said, Dennis, earlier, to get our minds wrapped around a place that is so devoid of all of these negatives that are so commonplace to our reality here. And that, that's what heaven's going to be like. Now, In our last couple of minutes or so here, let's look at another reality of heaven, another reality that that person who finds out he has only one day left and he's ready to meet his Lord, another reality that he can look forward to. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, God promises to be with, to sustain the faithful Christian, doesn't he? He does. 
And he says, I won't let the devil throw anything at you that's so powerful that you, it'll just overwhelm you. But I'll walk with you as long as you walk with me faithfully. And I'll make sure that you can always say no to that temptation. That's right. But the devil is out there, isn't he? And he's relentless. Mm -hmm. Oh, relentless. Always probing, always looking for the opening, the opportunity to bring us down spiritually. But in heaven, we won't have to worry about that. For the man and woman of God, that's going to be a relief. Oh, my. Talk about a battle that we fight continually that will be won eternally right. at that time. The battle against the devil. No more to have to face all that he throws at us. And we can see the ultimate reality of the assurance that we're given in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 that God is faithful. He's with us. He'll walk with us. Well, right there, we'll be with him, and he'll be with us, and the victory will be ours. That's right. Through Jesus Christ. We want to encourage our listeners, contact us and ask us for that free Bible study and learn how you can get ready for your last 24 hours, but even more importantly, for eternity. 